Hey, security peeps, we are live with another edition of Breaking into Cybersecurity, and this is a special edition on this Thanksgiving Eve. So while you're preparing your turkeys and doing all that good stuff, I am here, I'm Renee Small, here with two amazing people from Federal Career Connection. I am here with Julie Broadway. Say hi, everybody, Julie. Hi, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. And Laura Allen. Say hi to everyone, Laura. Hi, so nice to be here with you. So excited to have you all here tonight. So we are going to continue the conversation. I mean, Federal Career Connection has been here every month. Um, We do this on the third Wednesday of the month, every month. And the, the, the amazing thing about having Julie and Laura here today is that they both are experts when it comes to federal career hiring. Um, as you all know, this is not my, you know, I'm not inside <laughs> behind the scenes in the federal government. And these two ladies have extensive experience hiring multiple different people from the HR perspective. I know Laura has a lot of experience as well. So excited for you all to kick it off. And here, um, first, I know, Julie, you're going to start by telling us about Federal Career Connection and what you all do. And then Laura will jump in with the topic. Yes, no, thank you so much, Renee, and congratulations to you on your amazing honor. So thank to all you. your peeps who haven't checked it out, get on LinkedIn because um, you have an amazing host and she's right here for me. So she's amazing. So thank you, Renee. And congratulations. Um, so if, you know, if this is your first time joining us, welcome. And we are Federal Career Connection. Um, And we are an all-volunteer cadre of federal employees um, that are subject matter experts in HR, hiring managers, as well as we have some new new, um, exciting members of our team joining us with experience in private sector um, that are HR specialists and career management um, gurus, as well as even one of your cybersecurity peeps. Bibi has joined our team and is bringing that expertise that only you have to our team That's to really awesome. transform us and bring us to the next level. So we're really excited. And um, hope you check out our blog, our LinkedIn, and we're ramping up for 2021. So we'll make sure that, you know, when our webinars are so that you can come and get more, you know, networking and information from the amazing specialists that we have. We had a great podcast last month with the amazing Chris Westbrook. And coming out of CIA, amazing, definitely like a movie, um, her amazing career in the CIA. And so I am so excited to be partnered tonight with Miss Laura Allen, who has an amazing story of how she entered federal service, has transitioned out now to grow and broaden herself, um, and has just this really unique perspective on career management. So Laura, I'm going to throw it to you to tell us a little bit about more about yourself since they should know me a little bit more from the previous episodes and um, just a little bit about, you know, the amazing skill set that you have. Well, thank you. And um, Julie, it's so wonderful to volunteer with Federal Career Connection and connect with folks like Renee and her security peeps. Um, My career in federal service was unique, how I came in. Um, My career has expanded over four agencies in multiple roles. And so I'm very much known for career management 
and how to take transferable skills for one occupation um, or job series, what we call them in federal government, and apply it into another way. Um, and so a, a lot of folks really don't know um, a lot about the different career paths in federal service. Um, and so it's so important to connect with amazing resources. So now we have LinkedIn, we have blogs, so you can really expand outside of your network um, to um, really see what's out there and really understand because you got to do a little bit of research um, in your journey and really understand more about the organization and the agency. And a lot of you security peeps, I think you have amazing, amazing transferable skills. I can't begin to tell you how this to me is one of the most fast growing professions in federal service. Government is going through an IT modernization effort across government. And even with a political transition, that's not going to slow down. And so there are some coding skills, some security skills that you can apply to policy, to programs. Um, maybe you enjoy working with others or managing people. So project management or doing, Julie, I think um, procurement is really critical. And so a lot of times we, we need to acknowledge our contractors who are part of our federal service. Um, and so there are many, many pathways, Renee, that I hope to you know speak a little bit more on tonight and um, take questions and um, share a little more details about my journey. That's fantastic. And I'm so excited to have you both here because not only, you know, Laura, so, so excited to have you, Julie, super excited to have you back. As you know, they, they always request <laughs> having you back. So <laughs> I am going to shout some people out right, right before we get started and jump into the questions. And I want people to, to realize, you know, jump in with your questions, guys. Yeah. So we shout people out. Oh, Cedric is here. Hi, you see all his experience. It's so amazing. he's somebody, yeah. right? <laughs> yes. I mean, look at that top secret. I mean, Everything. we talked about security clearances um, the last couple of episodes and yes. kind of the ins and outs of that and how important, um, you know, that just going through that process is and in, in coming into federal service and how it can affect the length of time it takes for you to get on board and, and everything. So, Cedric, you are way ahead. I've seen your name before. You're way ahead of the, the yes. curve right there. So that's awesome. At the top of the board. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Roger, hi. It, it, am I echoing? Not on my no? side. Okay. If I'm echoing, guys, let me know. BB uh, is here. So BB is now working with you all. Woohoo. Natasha. Is. Hi, Natasha. Shout some people out. Sapir is here. Hi, Sapir. And Ateji. So, folks, make sure you ask your questions. Um, you know, you all know Julie. Now you'll know Laura. Mm -hmm. And jump in and talk about transitions. But Laura, I think what you talked about initially, you know, that transferable skill set, mm -hmm. I'm really, really curious to hear about what you've seen, how people have transitioned, because I'm always um, interested in learning how, um, you know, one set of skills can transfer and, and how to know which skills, you know, align to the right types of roles. 
So Lincoln says I'm loud and clear. So that's good. And Cedric is glad to be here with us. Thank you, Cedric. We are too. Nobody's cooking. Oh. <laughs> oh, maybe they are. They're multitasking because that's what your gurus do. Just like HR, we're one of those groups that definitely knows how to multitask for success. So. For sure. So, Laura, Laura, do you want to talk about um, the transferable skills? Definitely. And Cedric, um, you're a person after my own heart because I was with um, Homeland Security with um, now they're known as CISA, Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency. And so um, th this topic, I think, around transferable skills, the thing that I learned early in my career by having conversations and doing informational interviews and also doing recruitment is it's really important to focus on the core competencies and we do in federal government. So not only is your education important, but um, your network, your connections, and um, I think the more conversations you have and talk to others outside of your career field, you'll start seeing um, some important um, connections in building new networks. So a lot of my jobs, to be honest, in federal government has been through networking um, and learning about the agency. Um, I've spent time as a presidential management fellow. So just by talking to my career agency and alumni in the program, I learned more how to target and apply and what they were looking for. So soft skills are very important. Um, emotional intelligence, um, being able to work with others, and also probably getting certifications um, too. And so when I think of cybersecurity, I also think about project management and user experience design. And so it's a great opportunity in government, I think, to use your current skill sets, but also gain new ones. And so you kind of just learn. So you never stop learning. It, it's so important to really manage your career um, and um, have a goal in mind and know where you want to go, but also to be open to change. I think that's something 2020 has taught us to how to be more resilient and flexible. And so I have learned that some of my best jobs were jobs that I would never consider applying to. Um, and so, um, you know, we should be talking to three new people a week. Um, we should always be thinking about our next job. What value do we bring? Um, and spend time at work, but um, volunteering and doing rotational assignments, um, doing the projects that no one wants to do <laughs> sometimes. And so um, there's so many ways I think you can approach it. But um, if that's one thing I, I want the audience to take away it, it is this concept of career management and um, thinking broadly about your career. And in government, there are jobs from A to Z. A lot of cybersecurity professionals, they're needed in every agency. And this is something that can even be applied to state and local government. And I know folks who came into government 
and maybe have gotten three or more years of experience and then have decided to do something in private sector too. Right. So we do have some questions coming in. Uh, So I'm going to share some of those. Steven says, hi, would you recommend CompTIA Project Plus or PMP certifications? So I think a lot of times in the job announcements, they're going to talk about the um, requirements of the position. And, um, and you can tell by the words sometimes they use in job announcements. But I would say in federal government, and Julie, please feel free to give your thoughts on this too, but um, a project management certification is a really critical skill set to have. Um, I do know for some contractors who work at DOD or others, the, the, the comp TNA in some of the basic certifications are important. Um, but in government, we do a lot of project management in acquisitions. And so that is a great skill set to um, have on your resume and, and focus on projects. So I think you really nailed it, Laura. Um, either of those certifications are, are I'm going to backtrack just a little bit, Stephen, um, to something that Laura said earlier about just that cross-functional look at your skill set in a variety of different parts of the organization. And um, whether you are working like true cyber, you're in it, you're doing nuclear coding, or you're doing HR system um, information technology Pretty much everywhere right now, um, like Laura said, we're in huge modernization efforts. Um, the whole H- human resources community is in transformation right now. Um, specifically, the DOD, we're going through a change in our um, personnel system. Um, and I know several other agencies who've gone through it over the last few years. So wherever you go, I feel like you are going to have a fit. It's just like, like Laura indicated, getting out there and networking and finding out, um, looking at legislation, looking at the news, um, looking at agency priorities. And a lot of us right now have 10-year strategic plans um, down to the um, functional community level. So the HR level, the contracting level. And so you're going to be able to see what their priorities are for the next five to 10 years and know kind of where across the organization you want to go um, to the certification, specifically the project manage- project management certifications. Six Sigma is huge. That's one of yeah. those things. Any of these project management skills where we see it going right now is we're all becoming more project management oriented because we have so many things going on. So if you're in cybersecurity and you're looking towards kind of broadening yourself and making yourself more competitive, that's the angle that you're looking for. We're not looking at it as a requirement for a position, but it's what's helping make you more competitive when you're going for that job. Specifically, like Laura indicated, this is a huge community that we're hiring for. So if you've uh, if you're looking around and this is, you know, something that the job announcement talks about, the project management aspect of IT or cyber or whatever it might be that you're looking into, I would highly recommend getting one of these certifications. I myself just got my one of my Lean Six Sigma belts. So I was super excited um, to get it and looking forward to pursuing my black belt. But, you know, it really forms the way that you think about your job 
Um, and I think it really brings a lot of a lot of growth in an organization when they have someone that they can come to, like you, Stephen, with one of these certifications, who can just transform the thought process from just the day-to-day grind. So I would highly recommend one, all, or looking at a lot of the other certifications that are available right now. Awesome. So uh, Roger responded saying that Project Plus is just the fundamentals of PMP is necessary. So that was his comment. Agreed. Very nice. Certification, Renee, we haven't talked about that I really see growing in government. In my time at GSA, we focus a lot on digital customer experience. And so mm-hmm. you have a human-centered design background or can do data analytics and user research methods. Mm-hmm. I really think that is a great skill set because government are going to be building um products and services that require us to be more human centric. And so I think some experience in that can be helpful in the job to understand what value I can bring to an agency and how am I going to improve engagement and more results driven towards the mission. And so if you have coding, marketing, sales, Um, Those are, to me, some of the core competencies that really go across any job series in federal government. Right. Okay, wonderful. So Roger White wants to know, do you hire newbies and for what job? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Roger, come, come, come. We need great people. Um, I think Laura and I can both speak to the agencies that we've worked for. And I would say there's a really good mix of you know, promotion candidates versus um, perhaps students that come in and are growing in the organization to bringing in new talent. We are completely reimagining the way that we're looking at talent right now, federal wide, just because of the telework environment we're in. And so I would say um, the opportunities are going to be endless. They are endless and they're, they're going to continue to be more flexible as as we see what the new 2021 is going to look like. So please apply, apply, apply. Don't be fearful going into an interview. I would say that it's it's no different than going into a corporate sector interview. Be prepared. Um, that Laura, I would like you to talk about that. Being what's to do to get prepared for a federal interview. Laura has some really great tips. So I'm going to turn this over to her to finish out the answer because she's phenomenal at this. Awesome. And I have a, a, a follow-up question for you too, Julie or Laura. Um, Julie, you talked about now expanding due to COVID. So I, I definitely want to hear more about the remote opportunities because I know at one point, like a lot of the folks had to be in the office or had had a, had a um, hybrid, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes in the office and sometimes at home. And I know you all have had multiple different roles or different agencies and different departments have had flex schedules, like four four days a week for four, you know, 12 hour days, or I can never remember all the, <laughs> all the different <laughs> aspects, but it would be great for you to talk about that and how that has, um, how COVID-19 has impacted that. I, I'm, I'm thinking from a positive perspective. I right? think it's for the- going to be positive for sure. I Definitely. And, and just looking at how organizations are planning. And this is stuff you can Google. This is nothing that's specific to the jobs that we do. It's just being able to be in touch with what's going on federally in the news. 
Um, so I would say we're really looking at reimagining it. We it's it's really kind of coming to fruition more and more as agencies start to see how well we're working in a telework environment. I think that we're not quite to that point where you're going to see this mass exodus of of jobs that are all remote, but I think that over time you'll start to see that. The big thing about your community will be the positions that are, require you to have that top secret SCI and being behind what we call the SCIF, um, being behind those closed doors. That is something that we're still looking at. Um, I'm not quite sure we're there yet. We're figuring it out, but that's why we need innovative thinkers like you guys from the private industry to come in and help us to reimagine what this could look like in the future. I, do I see it going completely remote? Absolutely not. I think there's value added in community and in growth to come together and work. But is there going to be more flexibility? I, From all the indicators, they're yes. So I say it's early, too early to kind of tell exactly what plans are. But right now coming in, there there's just a lot of, of flexibility, a lot of innovative thinking about the future of telework. Um, and about the future of work and collaboration in general. So your your group is very well, you know, oriented in, in working independently and as a team. So regardless of where we go, I have no doubt that they will transition very well. Awesome. Awesome. And then before again, before we jump over to Laura, what um, when you say listen to the news, like are, are there any particular news sources that we should be looking at? Is it, you know, specific to the government or? Sure, I would say Google Federal News, and there's several yeah. different um, there's several different sites that I look at, like ExecGov. Um, there's federalnews.gov, um, federalnews.com. Looking at the Office of Personnel Management and their website to kind of look through the new things that are coming out. Looking at the Federal Register, that's where all of the legislation is coming. That's easy for you, or coming going to Congress.gov. Um, in my current role, I am on there constantly looking at what's going on, who's passing what, what chatter is. And so it's really interesting to see how even at the, the truly congressional level, the innovative things that are coming out and being proposed over time. And so these are all resources available to everybody. So get out there and just get on LinkedIn and follow the agencies that you're, you know, that you love or you know, are interested in. What I loved about what Laura said a little bit ago is the value center, finding that value centric piece of the organization and how you fit with their values. So follow them on LinkedIn, find out what they're talking about, scroll through their website, link up with their people. We love to talk to you, the job seeker and the public. So link us up on LinkedIn for a 10 minute, 15 minute coffee date and I have no doubt you'll start to, you know, get the networking that Laura is talking about as you come into your federal jobs. Yeah. And Renee and Julie, just to add on that piece, government matters, government yeah. exec, um, actually act I act. So anything technology mm -hmm. modernization, um, follow general service administration because we are tasked with helping agency, not only with real estate in acquisitions, but we're kind of the center of some of the modernization efforts. And so um, 
young government leaders, especially if you're young, new into your career, there's a lot of great resources out there. Oh, Partnership for Public Service. How can we not talk about them? Especially for transition. Um, And National Academy for Public Administration, they have some recommendations to um, the transition team um, around human capital executive orders. So it's important to understand what's happening in human capital and connect with folks like Julia on LinkedIn and kind of follow the news. But I would say those are some of the big sites that even government executives follow in employees. So it would be good for this audience um, to also check it out. Okay, great. So we could jump, Are we? I think we're done with this question. So Roger, yes, tons of newbie jobs. Um, um, And maybe I can speak a little more on that because I do think we haven't done a great job in federal government to understand if I'm new to the system, how do I, you know, process? Where do I start? Where, Where do I start? I think that's the biggest question. And so the one place where you could start tonight is definitely create a USA Jobs account and we can, Julia and I could talk more around what job series and maybe grade level to target. And so you may want to check out Federal Career Connection because we do have a lot of resources and information to go more in detail. But just starting with creating a USA Jobs account, coming over to Federal Career Connection, um, there are some really great books out there. There, there there's too many to recommend. Uh, a couple of my favorite is um, Catherine Troutman's The Federal Resume Guidebook, as well as Lily Whiteman, How to Land a Top Paying Federal Job, because she does a great job with giving resources Um, around, because it's really important to understand when you apply to a federal job, you are putting your whole application out there up front. So you have to talk about the qualifications in your resume, um, but you have to design it in a way that a manager can digest. So we get thousands of resumes. So it's really important to understand that you are trying to get your resume view not only by HR, but a hiring manager like myself. So I think those two books are great. Um, And there are others um, we we have recommended, but those are the three tips I would give tonight to start. Awesome. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. So Teji wants to know, do you hire for permanent positions or contracts? Both. And cyber, especially if you're at Homeland Security, um, we hired um, contractors. And But I would say now government is hiring more permanent positions. Cybersecurity um, and coding and um, technology is not going away. So I am seeing more and more permanent positions. I think it's really important for our audience, Renee and Julie, to understand there may be 
seasons is a good time to look for jobs in government. So understanding the, the um, appropriation process. Mm-hmm. And so a fiscal year in government ends September 30th. So we start a new one in October. And so sometimes I may see more jobs in the spring or summer, mm-hmm. um, especially once the budget has been passed for that agency. And um, managers can start hiring. We could see a slowdown during a transition time with administration, but I would encourage you to keep looking and be on top of it. So now is a great time to get that resume, start those informational interviews, start understanding um, what's in the news, what is this administration focused on, um, and how can I be part of that um, vision? Um, and how can I help the agency to be effective, efficient, um, and going back to what value cannot can add? And I would say th- there's just so many wonderful public servants in federal government who really are looking for meaningful careers and um doing amazing things that we don't even think about every day. Like it's just amazing to me. Um, The the fact that we didn't have a cyber attack during the election, how did that happen? And so it's just a honor and a reward, I think, to be part of federal service and um, and also to be part of the contracting world too, because there are some skill sets that we may not have that folks can really add value. So I have seen contractors become permanent feds, um, you know, mm-hmm. doing badges. <laughs> so it does happen. I do see more and more crossover, I think, um, nowadays than when I started in federal government in the mid 2000s. Okay. Awesome. Oh, so the folk, they want to know what are the names of the books so I can put them in the chat and then also I'll find the links. So Federal Resume Book by Catherine Troutman and Lily Whiteman's book is How to Land a Top Paying Federal Job. And then How to Land a Top And Julia Federal Paying Job. And I'll make sure, Renee, to um, share that with you in um, some of our blog posts, because I, I know, Julia, there's other resources. So that's just two books. Oh, okay. And I think that we had some on one of the handouts, but I'll have to look back at the handout and, yeah. and refresh it for you. But I'm private chatting you, Renee, some of the um, other resources that you could look at to keep in touch of what's going on with um, youth. So, All right. So more questions here. Saw some more down here. Um, Cedric wants to know, would someone with a cybersecurity management degree have a good fit to hire in project management? So this is where you want to maybe target a job in a Pacific division. And so if you're going to a... Um, what we call a CIO shop or someone who who is managing the IT infrastructure, um, you know, they need project managers too to manage teams, to manage the, the contracts. And where I worked at General Service Administration, 
we need specialists um, who understand the technology and um, what's going on in private sector and what government needs. And so sometimes we hire 22 IT specialists, um, and especially with cybersecurity backgrounds to help us with IT modernization. And so sometimes it depends on the agency, um, the division, um, what they're looking for. Um, in the position or role that they're hiring for. Okay. All right. Namdi says, great talk. Any advice for consulting companies and or contractors? So companies that want to get a government contract. Oh, fantastic um, question. I think ACT, IACT, especially if you're a small business, there are PTAC centers procurement technical centers. So the one closest to me is George Mason. And these are folks that help small businesses um, and new contractors to understand how to do market research. And so for consulting companies, sometimes it's good to target something on open market and build a relationship with one agency and once you had success, you may want to look at the schedules program at GSA. It may be time to grow your marketing and business opportunities, but GSA has some great resources too, along with small business administration. And, um, and so I'd be glad to talk um, offline on LinkedIn um, and point you to um, some websites. Okay, awesome. So Steven says, my TSSCI clearance was downgraded in 2018 after transferring from ship to shore duty, which is a need to know status change. Is there a way to upgrade the TSSCI prior to retiring next year? Um, so security clearances are position specific. So um, Stephen, you would need to talk to your commander um, about, I know it does happen um, where they will upgrade a position so that you can keep a clearance that you've had. Um, but just remember that when you're applying on the federal side that you're not really losing your TSSCI, it's just needing to be refreshed. So whereas a brand new person coming into that clearance, it could take up to a year for that clearance process to go. Um, but because you've had it, it's just becoming a refresh. Um, any clearance is a little bit faster in getting a higher clearance when you're going through this process. So I would say if you're really wanting to upgrade it, just so that it's on the you know current on the rolls, talk to your commander and um, or go through, I mean, I, I wouldn't personally be worried about it. Um, the big thing, and we talk about this, I think, every time, a federal job does not require you to come with a clearance. All you have to be able to do is obtain and maintain. So the fact that, yes, it will take a little bit longer for a brand new person to get a clearance, but that should not in any way inhibit you from applying for a job. So come on over, we'll pay for it. There's the only way to get it is to come through federal service or come with it from the military or from a previous contractor. But we will take care of you once you come on board. So apply, apply, apply. Use that and learn as much as you can about veteran services, about your 
authorities that are available to you, specifically if you're coming out of it and um, you will get any sort of VA disability. Uh, USA Jobs has plenty of resources available to you, but come over to Federal Career Connection. We can talk to you one-on-one -on -one when we start having our office hours again in January, and we'll be happy to walk you through your specific um, situations as you transition to civilian life. That's that's so cool. What I, I want to reiterate the fact that Federal Career Connection is here to help you one-on-one. -on -one. So Julie and Laura are here to talk to us, you know, in these kind of general terms to an extent. But if you have specific questions, you know, you can book time with someone on the team at Federal Career Connection um, and they'll be able to walk you through or help you with um, specific situations. And Julie, I know people have reached out. And I, I think you said that you've been it's getting been so great. Your whole community. And so Laura, I'll just tell you now, you're going to be flattered. <laughs> I'm ready. Only, yes. <laughs> and you've all been so incredibly gracious. And just as, as Alex said, in one of the last things, we are a small group. We're only about five or six experts. And so we are growing our team to help, you know, build and be able to have these huge office hours where we can break out and, and really get into a lot of detail with you guys. But we are a small group. So if you do connect with us on LinkedIn, the only thing we ask anyone on our team is that you tell us how you heard about us. So just say, hey, Julie, I heard you on the, the podcast with the amazing Renee. Please, you know, here's my question. And I'm happy to answer them as, as Laura will or any member of our team. But just come on, um, link us on LinkedIn. We actually have a beautiful page now that we mm -hmm. post current news, new articles and things. Um, too. Sorry, I, I have new um, new dogs surrounding me that are coming in the room that I thought was shut. <laughs> um, and he's 95 pounds. So I'm like, please don't shake his table. Scare, scare um, but we post <laughs> things all the good. time <laughs> and resources. So come on over. And if we don't, if one of us doesn't know, we have a teammate that probably does. We have contractor experience, veteran experience. Laura came in through fellows. I came in as a student. So there are plenty of resources across the board um, of someone who's come in some way that can help point you in the right direction. And so much extensive experience. So I just want everyone to know, I mean, people are saying bye, and I didn't mean to say that this was over. So it's, it's, going, to, it's going to 8 p.m. Eastern. So we have a full hour. We have 20 more minutes okay, to talk to. We had 20 more minutes to answer questions. I know because people were usually and most of the most of the lives that we do that I do and Chris and I do, they tend to be around 30 minutes. But for these ones, we keep them at in an hour and our CISO talk on Thursdays is always uh, a ton of fun. And that goes over an hour, too, because of the engagement. So I just want people to know, you know, don't feel like the, the reason why I just want to reintroduce the, Julie and Laura. So you all know, you know, how to come, how to connect um, and yes, please, 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 because I think last last month, who did we have on last month? Chris was on Super last Chris. month. CIA, yeah. Right. Chris was on, and I know people reached out to her. Um, and so we definitely want to, when you do reach out to Julie or Laura or anybody from FCC, especially on LinkedIn, um, please share that this is how you found them and don't reach out blind because um you know, they're very selective. <laughs> Can't we accept everybody. 
because, well, because what happens is your network then comes to us too. And so we're, we're trying to manage yes. everyone's questions because I think that's what's so unique about the organization and not to kind of harp on it, but Laura's made an amazing comment that's so true. We're still learning as a government on how to communicate yeah. to you in the public and how, how to reach you. And I think COVID has really given us the, the best opportunity to build those skills even better now um, because we're getting tons of, we get tons of feedback. We love feedback at an agency level. And um, so going to our um, job fairs, either virtually or in person when we're back or just reaching out to the organizations and saying, I have a, you know, a helpful hint of something that's going on that would make this user experience better. That's the feedback we're looking yes. for. So, um, they monitor their LinkedIn pages and they monitor their emails. So if you have suggestions, let let our team know. We'll get it to the right agencies. Let you know. Let them know through their pages and resources, and and we'll make sure if it's coming to us that it gets to them. But you guys have been so amazing because I'm getting I'm getting links from all over the world of people who are interested in what's going on and. It's, it's certainly something that we hope we can, you know, expand and answer all of your questions, but we are a very small team, so please be patient with us <laughs> as we go through and give us feedback. We need the feedback so that we can grow and be better and be better stewards and partners with Renee. If there are topics you want to hear and specific people that we might know that we could pull in, we're happy to do that. So, yeah, I think you, I really love the questions that are coming in tonight. So, yeah. I, I see one that I'm really kind of um, interested in. Um, if you could scroll back up just a second to Roger. Um, yes. I Thank you. Um, yeah, Roger, reach out to, to me on LinkedIn, and we can definitely put us in contact with um, our director, Alex Harrington, and we can see what we can do for your organization. So, so Roger wanted to know. Recommend, I'm so sorry, Renee, organizations to us. So like Black Cybersecurity Organization, HR professionals like to know about those organizations and build strategic relationships. So it's a way we can promote jobs, come and speak and talk. So it's don't assume we know about those organizations. So definitely make those suggestions. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and Roger's question, I, I say this, I read all the questions because not only is it online, is it live on um, YouTube and LinkedIn, but we take the download and it goes into iTunes and anywhere that podcasts are. So I want people to be aware of what the question is. So Roger had asked it, Roger said, I'm part of an organization called Black Cybersecurity Association. Can you guys come and talk to my org? They have so many questions. So Julie and FCC and Laura, um, we'll try to make that happen. Yeah. So awesome. Sephora says, this talk is great. Thank you. Taryn said, this really is great. He's glad he caught it tonight. Uh, Bryant wants to know, how hard is it to get back into federal government after you resign to take a contract opportunity? Fantastic question. I'll take a first stab and Julie, add anything I forget. Okay. So, <laughs> it's really important to have 
three years of civil service before you leave. So whatever you do, once you get your foot in, do not go <laughs> until you have three years. So I've had 15 years in federal government before I resigned to um, do a sabbatical and take on new opportunities. So I have authority called reinstatement eligibility. That's what HR calls it. And so when I apply to jobs, I can apply public, um, what they call DEU, um, and also merit positions that only federal employees can apply to because I've gotten that three years of service. And so if you do resign, keep those connections um, for sure and um, look for, you know, the opportunities. So um, if you do resign, there are opportunities to come back. You nailed it, Laura. There are, um, I wouldn't be worried about that at all. And specifically in the cybersecurity field, we've talked about this. I highly recommend going back to some of our earlier podcasts. And there are several cybersecurity information technology um, hiring authorities that are specifically targeted to when Laura says DEU. Um, another way to say that is direct hire you in. So it kind of streamlines the process for you and allows us regardless of how many years you may have had in service, if you were federal or if you're coming from a contractor, um, perhaps you're not a veteran, um, which they have their own authorities. If you look at the bottom of usajobs.gov, you'll see a, a section that's called hiring paths. Please go, everyone, please go and take a look at that to see the, hire, the different hiring paths. Um, you can also go out and look at and just Google and um, direct hire authorities for the federal government. And some agencies have their own. DOD has plenty of them, um, but we have them federal wide as well. And so you'll find those on OPM.gov, but you'll see them on USA Jobs. They'll be the jobs that are open to the public um, and they'll um, talk about streamlined um, positions. But they're also ones if you go to a virtual job fair be ready. That's your interview because they can hire you on the spot for any of these top selling career fields like cybersecurity right now. So, Brian, you have hopefully if you have no other authority, if you're in cybersecurity, come and go as you please. We like that transition. There's actually kind of this broadening push that's going on right now federally um, to have you move and migrate from private sector or across different federal agencies to grow and broaden your experience and hopefully come back because we love to keep our people. Um, but at the same time, we do understand that you need to take opportunities, whether it's for whatever reasons you may have, broadening, compensation, or just moving to a different state. And so I would just recommend just finding more about the authorities that are available to you talking to an HR expert if you're not sure what kind of authorities you have available to you and then getting out there and doing some research. Yeah. And I love this question, Julia, because it goes into career management. Sometimes it makes sense to um, get more experience in the private sector because of the position um, and then later come back into government. Um, or I know some Folks are getting certifications 
or maybe starting a second career, especially in COVID. And so that's another opportunity to use the, the um, Pathways program as a way. So if you're at accredited um, college or university getting a certification, that could just be another way that someone could bring you back into federal service. You know, one last thought, Renee, too, because we talked about remote work. I think a lot of us think that jobs are only in Washington, D.C. Yes. Be further from the truth. <laughs> Please talk about that because we have people. So I just had this conversation today with someone that um, who was asking me, like, how big the audience is and where are people located? And I told him that we, uh, you know, and he's in the D.C. area as well. I said, there's a lot of people in D.C., but then we have people that are worldwide um, who are looking for opportunities. So and then, you know, especially na nationwide. So, you know, the continental U.S. and then worldwide. So definitely share with us. Um, I know we're at 748, so we got about 10 more minutes. Um, so share with us, though, where the opportunities are. I know the vast majority may be in the D.C. area, but like other places, other hubs, you know, places where they may be in bigger um, in, in you know, quantity. I would say at least 80 percent of the jobs are outside of Washington, D.C. And so we have regions across our country um, and so agencies like Department of Defense, um, Homeland Security, even others are concentrated throughout the country. So um, San Diego, Denver, Seattle, um, Chicago, Atlanta, especially if you're um, a healthcare worker like CDC. So there are many, many cities and um, towns throughout the U.S. where there are federal jobs. And if you work in intelligence or for the FBI, like your assignments can be anywhere. Or if you are doing security background checks, you're traveling throughout the country. When I worked um, at National Protection Programs Directorate, we had um, chemical inspectors that went to events and um, did education around the CFATS program and um, were helping industry and businesses to better secure their chemicals. And so there are some jobs where you do travel um, and so we really need a federal workforce that is flexible, um, that is, um, I'm so glad remote is becoming more of a thing because I think we're going to get better use of talent because I know a lot of folks don't want to come and live in a very expensive city. In Washington, D.C., it is a pretty expensive city, maybe not as bad as Seattle or New York City, but um, I they, feel like it is, <laughs> especially housing prices now. Childcare and housing, right. good lord! Right, and schools are out and doing it virtually. So, um, there, um, I, I do think we're going to see a dynamic where remote will be part of our workforce. There may be some agencies due to their mission or nature of work that can support that more. So that's something to consider what your goals are. And you may want to target certain agencies that fit your career goals 
um, that will wow for that. But it is nice to go in the office. I actually miss that. Like to me, to be in the office two or three days a week and then to be remote would be amazing. But at General Service Administration, we do have people um, on the West Coast, um, also stationed um, across the world because we're supporting people with real estate in procurement. So um, there are many, many jobs in the U.S. and outside. Yeah, you've definitely nailed it, Laura. I mean, I think the the big trend that I, I would say coming out of what you just said is looking at the large federal agencies and then kind of dwindling your way down from there. If you think just about the Department of Defense, think of how many military installations are out there. I mean, we have over 900,000 civilians. Well, you tack that on to the military and then think about where they're all located. And that's how you're going to see we're not in just big towns. We're in small towns. Um, across the world. Um, you've got, like Laura said, Health and Human Services, Department of Homeland Security, um, the vet- Veterans Affairs. You've got huge organizations that have have these grand missions that you'll find your niche wherever you may want to be. And then as we expand that telework capability, you never know. You may never have to leave your hometown. Um, so it really just depends. Like Laura said, you really do need to look at what your values are as far as an organization and what your goals are for your future. I am the first person to say I would never leave and live in Washington, D.C. And, you know, 16 years into my career, here I am. Um, but I've been all over the United States. Um, and then my parents are federal civilians as well. And we've been all over the world. And um, if you listen to Chris's podcast, she grew up all over the world. And um, yeah. so with her mom being in CIA in the past. And so it's the, the, the opportunities are endless. There are hundreds and hundreds of federal agencies. We could not possibly list them all. So if you want to list, Google it. Google is amazing in that aspect. And, and find out maybe even at the local or the state level, we do a lot of partnering with them. When I worked for Health and Human Services, we were partnering and actually did a lot of job transfers with state and local government in order to expand our capability and outreach. And so it's just incredibly important to be, you know, well-read, well-researched and um, get out there and just talk to people. Awesome. So quick question from Steven. He says, there seems to be a significant pay disparity between two similar civilian and government cybersecurity positions. Is this a reality or is this a misrepresentation by USA Jobs? This is a fantastic question. I may take a cut at it from a um, General Service Administration. And so we have the Innovation Fellows Program and um, we have some special hiring authority that allows us to hire engineers and UX design folks. And a lot of times those positions are GS-15 um, coming straight into government because you're working with agencies, CIO, agency leadership. And so we want to be able to be competitive with um, private sector and um, be able to recruit just as Google or Facebook recruits. So there are some special programs out there in pathways. Um, so don't think, you know, when I come to government, 
that um, there is a disparity. And, and sometimes a lot of folks don't know that you can um, use your current position. Um, it may, um, based on special qualifications, um, that if they have the budget and work with HR, they may be able to bring you on as a higher step level. In some of the positions, there is locality pay. So being in Washington, D.C., in addition to my salary, they, they do try to be competitive for the area. Um, when I came into government, I came in as a GS9, but within two years, so every 52 weeks um, in my position, I was able to um, be promoted and then when you think about the salary and benefits and the workplace flexibility, um, pay is just one aspect to me in working in federal government. So absolutely. And I will say um, unique to what Laura just said about her ability to be promoted is when we talk about um, perhaps a position starts at a nine and it's targeted, we call it targeted to a 12. That means when you're competing, you're competing for all of those grades. Once you're to the 12, you have to compete again. So there are no automatic promotions federally um, from that aspect. So going to the next side from the compensation perspective, we are looking at compensation authorities um, federal wide because we know that these skill sets specifically in cyber um, in IT, um, and IT and in project management, that we just have skill sets that we're going to have to pay for to get the right people at the right time. And so there may be situations in which you could be GS and there be something called an enhanced pay authority to where you could make in some positions all the way up to the president's salary. So there are plenty of compensation opportunities. But to Laura's point, it depends on what the agency has available to them their hiring needs at the time, perhaps they don't have, comp, comp, you know, any kind of competitive issues in which they're able to completely, you know, move in the talent with the authorities available to them. Um, but what we're finding specifically um, in the Department of Defense, we're looking at different personnel authorities that allow us to have banded pay. Um, so you might see it where they're not GS. Um, and that's okay. We're still all under the federal umbrella. Um, but those specific authorities and many agencies have them um, allow us to pay in different ranges, offer higher salary rates. Um, and there are obviously different things that go along with being a part of one of those um, personnel, let's say, demonstration projects or different personnel authorities. So there isn't a disparity. That's the best part of this news, but there are differences in the way that we have needs. Um, maybe it's a hard to fill position in which they might be offering a higher salary. But what Laura was talking about in getting a higher step, it's only available for first time federal employees or if you're a federal employee and have a break of service for more than 90 days. So coming in, Get on opm.gov and look up superior qualifications and that's going to give you what is required for you to submit and ask that hiring manager for what step you have to have and you basically have to support it based on your qualifications that's all you need to do is say hey i you know i'm competitive with this i we're going to bring you a b and c skill set 
please, you know, it's it's not just about price matching. It's about skill matching and what you're bringing to the organization. So superior qualifications on OPM.gov is a great resource to come out of and get a look at what it would look like to ask for that and help you to give HR and the hiring manager everything they're going to need so that you can boost that salary up. And don't be afraid to ask because we we want to retain you. And so if compensation is a part of it, please ask us for that and, and get the right resources. But I'll end it by saying, please remember that the salary that is provided on USA Jobs is one part of a three-part compensation package. It's your, your salary, your federal benefits, and your federal retirement. So about a third of your benefits package, absolutely, and um, we look at it as they're about a third of your salary. So take your salary times it by or the salary on USA Jobs times it by, you know, a third and then add that to the salary. And that's what we consider the total compensation package. Right. And Roger adds in also, Stephen, the benefit packages are larger, sometimes worth $40,000. Yes. Absolutely. When you consider that your retirement package is a three-part package that includes sort of savings plans as well as retirement benefits and your own contributions. When you consider the amazing federal benefits when it comes to your health insurance, life insurance, and flexible spending accounts, all of these great things, they amount to quite a bit of a, of a benefits package. And I've seen very qualifications authorities come in with requests but we're matching you when we add all of that together um, to to perhaps like your current salary on the, the private side. And so and actually, we might be giving you more when we add that package. So come with a good business case. but Always ask the question. Never be afraid to ask the question. Awesome. 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 Well, Julie, Laura and all of these awesome people who were here today asking these wonderful questions the night before Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Eve. Thank you so, so much for being here with us, for partnering with us, with Breaking Into Cybersecurity to provide this much, much needed information to this group. Um, as you can tell, as usual, as always, tons of questions and engagement. And, you know, the, the whole goal is to get people, especially in the private sector, into these federal roles. Yes. And I know you have tons to fill. We have tons of people who want them, <laughs> so making that match. <laughs> yes, it's highly competitive, but that's what I loved about what Laura and her expertise brought to the conversation today is that it's about career management. It's about expanding your network to learn how you fit into a specific type of job series. Maybe you're strict coding and you've never thought about HR. Well, we need you. So we're needing that innovative, you know, coding thought to transform our own information technology. So get out there, network, talk to LinkedIn with Laura and talk to her about her own career path and, and how to better manage that. And then come check us out um, every, I think it's the fourth Wednesday of every month. We're the last week, um, the last week. And um, we would love to answer your questions. This has been such a great audience tonight so thank you all for joining us when i know you're getting so ready to eat all of that wonderful food tomorrow so it's been awesome
Exactly, exactly. Well, thank you again, Julie. Thank you so much for being with us, Laura. Hopefully you, you'll come back too yes. um, sometime. And we will see you all. I think we're doing this again the last week of December, right? Yes, the last Alex will be back to give you his amazing career advice as well. He's a career coach, a resume guru, a veteran. Um, he has a plenty of experience. So load him down with questions and it will be his birthday. So he will be really excited to be on board with you guys. We'll, we'll bring drinks. We'll come with drinks in hand. <laughs> Champagne. All right, ladies, this has been amazing. Thank you, everyone. Have a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving. And we will wrap another episode of Breaking into Cybersecurity with the Federal Career Connection. Bye, everybody. Happy Bye. Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye.